Lee. This is Kyle Chisholm. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. This is Tony Berluti. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Bikes here. Hello, everyone. This is Mike Brown here. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Beastie Boys Beastie. and girls, girls. In honor of our uh, ladies-only show tonight, we decided that, uh, or Jamie decided that. Well, I guess it was kind of both of us that, that we needed a, a, a lady-appropriate song. I don't know how appropriate that one was, but it worked. It's talking so, about liking girls and how wonderful they are. Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. got some pretty badass I'm sure that, chicks on tonight. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what that song's talking about, liking girls. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, though. Well, no, yeah, for sure. Yeah. We're going to have... Uh, we're it was ha- either that or girls want to have fun by Cindy Lauper. Right. Out, so. We're going to have everything from moto wives to moto moms to moto girlfriends, stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, the Cindy Lauper song, I guess that one kind of was back. Excuse me, was better. But uh, anyways, guys, what up? Episode 72 of the Moto X Pod Show is brought to you courtesy of MX Girl Designs. That is G-U-R-L, guys. Uh, tell you what, we just got our uh, we just got our freshies in, our graphics. Mine looks so sick. Yeah, you got a full set. Dude, I just, I just got new swing arm graphics with... Uh, side plates. With, well, yeah, I had to redo my side panels. But uh, I had to redo the swing arm because some sponsor changes. Yeah, with unfortunately PMP going out of business, I picked up Pro Taper. So yeah, I'm bummed for those guys on that. Yeah, I mean they still have a business; they're just not doing sprockets anymore. Right. They're doing other stuff, but that's okay. Hey, yeah, that's mean, cool. They're, they're still doing well, and we still love them. Yeah, for sure. No, I hear you. But uh, again, back to uh, MX Girl Designs. Uh, hit up uh, Char C H A R at mxgirl dot com, uh, and or you could get with myself or Mister Darkside over here or DJ TJ, and one of us will get you in touch with Char. Uh, I had a couple people, since I posted pictures of mine the other day, I've already had a couple people hit me up about it, and hopefully that, that turns into something good for her. Um, I'm telling you, you want a high-quality set of graphics at a reasonable price. She will more or less do whatever you want that, that's doable. So, uh, I mean, mine, I, I designed a good part of mine, the shrouds for sure, and, I mean, she helped. I mean, here's the deal. I tell her what I want, kind of, and, and then she comes up with something, I'm always like, that's fucking badass, and that's yeah. better than what I wanted. So you like you can't really beat that. Like somebody who's that in tune. Of course, she rides, she races. She's a moto chick. She's not somebody that's just t- that's sitting there writing down, taking orders. She know what looks cool on a dirt bike and what doesn't. Yeah. So and yeah. Uh, I got this dope t shirt right here I'm wearing. It's pretty sick. I like it. So that's the same font on my graphics. Right. I yeah. Like it. Yeah. Yep. That, that's a cool logo she has. Definitely. So hit her up and uh, catch her on Instagram. It's at MX Girl. Remember G U R L or MX Girl Designs on Facebook and uh, tell them tell her Moto X Pod sent you. 
all sport dynamics, visit motocrosswristbrace.com and order yourself the same set of uh, braces worn by Weston Pike, Austin Forkner, Adam Cincerillo, and many, many more. Uh, and or you could hit up uh, our guy Darkside over here. He is a... Uh, a rep, a dealer for um, for them, if you will, for All Sport Dynamics. So you could contact him directly and get yourself set up with some of those. It all goes to the same place. I doubt Jeff cares whether he sells them or you sells them. No, no, they just they just want everybody to be wearing them. Yep, and uh, I've got I've got uh, a set on each hand. Uh, Jamie does the same thing. TJ wears them. And I tell you what, when I finally got used to mine, I'm, I'm so I love having them there. Just yeah. knowing they're there makes me feel better. So. I feel the same way. But uh, anyway, so yeah, guys, yeah, motocrossfirstbrace.com again, and uh, set yourself up. Also, you could probably, if you need, if you've got problems, you need to, with your, you know, medically, you could probably go to your doctor. They they have, uh, they have pre- insurance codes. They have insurance codes. So you can get a prescription written for those and run get you a set. But. Uh, also, Shock Socks, the original number one 10 second removable fork seal protector. Visit your local dealer for uh, details on how to get you a set of Shock Socks and or visit BurnMotorsports.com for the same. Uh, we'd like to welcome a new sponsor to the show. Um, Five Star Roofing of Texas, Mr. Chad Mayo. He's a longtime moto guy. He's Black one- Sock Mafia. Black Sock Mafia. I don't know nothing about that, but I'm just <laughs> copying what you say. But uh, no, nah, hey. Long-time Texas Moto guy has one of the sickest KX500s you've ever seen. And uh, if you if any of you pay attention to the pictures I take, you've seen me post them. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah. He's Moto people, yeah. guys. So uh, for uh, residential, commercial, composition, metal roofs, fences, custom patios, metal buildings, pergolas, and more, uh, call uh, Five Star Roofing of Texas at... 833-578-2789. Again, 833-578-2789. Now, that is in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex area. Uh, ask for Chad Mayo or ask for or whoever answers the phone. Talk to them. Tell them Moto X Pod sent you. They'll give you a Moto discount for anything you got going. And they're also a proud sponsor of one of our favorites, Mr. John Short, 250 Supercross competitor John Short. Absolutely. So uh, hit them up. I'm, I'm pumped about Chad being on board. Yeah. He's a rad dude. Yeah, and that um, they're also uh, they have a website. It's www dot five star roofing of Texas five f i v e correct. Not the number five, and their Instagram is the same. So check them out, mm. follow them, and uh, yeah. Thanks for sending me the uh, website info and that thing you did. No, that's well, awesome. you, know, you know, I, I had to keep a little info for myself. You dick. All right, no, no, hey, <laughs> hey, let me fill you in on this Black Sock Mafia real quick. So a few years ago, many ten fifteen years ago. I see uh, Aaron Smith. You know Aaron. Yeah. Out ripping up. The I don't know legs. Aaron, but I know who he is. Yes. And I see the Black Sock Mafia logos and uh, Shans out there, and I'm like, Hey, what is this stuff? You know, I didn't even know the guys at the time, and they basically the way it was described to me is this is a bunch of bad dudes on dirt bikes. I was like, Well, I want to be a part of that. Yeah. So anyway, I don't really fit the mold but, for that. No, you don't. But, but it's it, Jamie, well, I, Jamie Cheek. And I don't Chad fit the Mayo. mold as far as on a dirt bike, but I can kick a little ass. So I guess I fit it there. I don't know if they care about kicking ass. They just want to ride dirt bikes and be bad dudes. Well, the two Not guys. the same kind of. I don't know. I don't know that they mean kicking people's butt as bad dudes. Well, you that might is, have to every now might, and yeah, then. You're right. Maybe, you might have to. Maybe that's what they mean. So <laughs> I want some black sock mafia stuff. What do I got to do? I, I don't know, man. You got to be cool enough, dude. I wear black socks every fucking day of my life. Literally every well, day of my life. I, I don't know if that hook it qualifies up. you or not. I'll ask Chad and. Jay I really Chief. don't care, but it's cool. If they send me some, <laughs> I wear them. If not, oh fucking well. Right. But uh, no, yeah, their stuff's dope though. I like I like seeing that. And actually, the uh, one of the sets of uh, shock socks Shan sent me has black sock mafia logos yep. on them. So 
so I actually have those on my bike yep. right now. I've totally forgot that about is the, that. The black ones are the Black Sock Mafia line. Yep. So I'm uh, running them, and didn't I was repping it and didn't even know it. There you go. I guess Shan thought enough of me to send them to me, asshole, so whatever, <laughs> fuck you, you know? <laughs> he, he, he bypassed you. He was like, I'll just give him a set. Right. You know, it's cool. But no, I can't I can't tell you, uh, as far as we're going to jump back on the Shock Socks for a minute, those, fuck, those freaking things are awesome. Yeah. They're awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been running them for shit, uh, 10 years probably. I love them. I hate leaky fork seals because right. I'm not a good mechanic. <laughs> no. You know what I'm saying? I'm an okay mechanic, but I don't want to work I'm, on the Well, I, I am too, but I don't want to take the forks off the bike and have to do all right. that. You know no, what I'm, I'm saying? With you. I'm hey, with you. Hey, call, uh, call TJ real quick. We got a few right. minutes. Yeah, we got call about, him real quick. We got about three now. Cole, call that fool. All right. Sorry, I got, I got... This is going to be the unprofessional way where you hear their phone ring. But we don't give a shit. It's fine. We're cold calling somebody. Unprofessional. That's our whole life. <laughs> <laughs> or the whole show, anyways. What are you doing? What's up, man? Uncle Creepy. What's up? We had a couple minutes, and we wanted to call you real quick. We got three minutes to talk to you. What's up, man? What are you doing? Sit on the wait for my release to get here so I can go meet my grandbaby tomorrow, right. my first grandchild tomorrow. I all, all I care about, and then racing this weekend with y'all. That'll be Heck fun. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna, yeah for those, we hadn't talked about that yet. The three of us... And a few of our uh, buddies are going to be at Swan running the night race Saturday night. So if you're in the area, open, open amateur. Everybody sign up in the open amateur, and we got to do whatever we can to put Mark on the ground. <laughs> I hate to tell you, TJ, you're going hey, down, son. I don't really want to have to slow down that much to knock him down. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Okay, TJ, I've shifted my focus now. I'm Team TJ. I'm going right for Jamie's tip fib. Straight up. <laughs> going right for his tip fib. Son of a bitch. I guess hey, hey, I guess I, he'll I, do I, that I, when I'm lapping him. I guess I, I'll well, have to however careful. I gotta get to you, I'm gonna get you. I don't care if it's lapping or not. Uh, so that's great. I'm gonna so, knock him and his ponytail on the ground. Hey man. Yeah, hey, tonight's tonight's a girl show, right? Yeah, yeah so do you yeah. know who our first guest is? Who? Well, who's your favorite rider? So it's so it's Baggett's wife. Yes, it is. It and, is. And Keely told me personally that she would not come on if the creepy guy that was her husband's fan, biggest fan, was on. So, well, I mean, she's 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 worried about you know what I mean, like this man crush I got going on. I can understand. <laughs> I think I think everybody's worried about that. I don't think it's just her. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I don't think she knows you really? exist, man. <laughs> no, she doesn't. Blake, I, I met I talked to Blake at um at Daytona. And I could tell, like, he, like, had no clue who I was. But that's okay. You know, it, it's, a, it's one of those far away crushes. Right, right. Hey, it doesn't matter. He won't see you coming when you're stalking him. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so but, when, do you, when do you head out to head home? Um, hopefully in the morning I'm going to head out and go to Fort Hood. My oldest son had a daughter, his first kid, yeah. my first grandkid. That's really the only thing that matters to me right now. I heard go that. Go and meet my granddaughter. I heard and that. And then um, – and I'm not even being like a, a like a, a crazy grandparent. It's actually a cute baby. You know what I mean? I think most babies are ugly, but this TJ, is a cute baby. I will say this right now: if that kid was ugly, TJ would tell you. That's probably hundred percent believe he would that's say, "Nope, that's an ugly true. kid." But I still love it. Yeah, and so she is a gorgeous little girl, and I get to meet her tomorrow. Nice. And then I got to go. Hey, then we're then I got to go to Kansas, almost and up by Oklahoma border go pick up an El Camino for Doc. Oh, yeah. He awesome. showed me some pictures of that or last yeah. week. That's sick. Nice. Yep, yep. All right, All right cool. So we got to let you go. We got to go. We got bigger people yeah, to talk to. Hey, great show, guys. All right. Later. See ya. Bye.
Yeah, I guess Doc's using the uh, van money when I bought his little van. And yeah. uh, but anyways, guys, quick break. Be right back with Keely Baggett. All right, guys, we're going to get to our first guest for the ladies' edition of the Moto X Pod Show. She is the wife of the number four Blake Baggett, Mrs. Keeley Baggett. Keeley, what's up? How are you guys doing? We're doing good. Excited to talk to you, get a little different side of the sport. Absolutely. Keeley, is it weird that somebody wants to talk to you and not Blake? It is a little bit weird. <laughs> Well, I hope I hope it's not too weird because we we try to we're just we're huge nerds about this sport and we we want to hear everybody's opinion, everybody's perspective, and, and there's nobody that 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 knows probably what's happening more inside of a rider's head around you know what they do than than their wife than the person that's there with them all the time, right? I would definitely agree with that. Yes. Yeah, we did this last year with like Brittany Chisholm and a few others, and, and we got a pretty good response out of it. So I thought it was time to do another one. And, uh, yeah, you were definitely one of our first choices. Blake is one of our favorite writers, and our producer, who is not here tonight, thankfully, is one of Blake's biggest fans. So <laughs> we always try to have Blake on and have you on when he's not here. Yeah, he's a little, it, he's a little bit obsessive well, about and Blake. And it just he really it. likes it. It's funny, so. Yeah. <laughs> But, so I appreciate you guys for having me. Oh, absolutely. We appreciate you. Well, Keely, give us a little bit of your background. Like, how did you and Blake meet, first of all? Um, well, I'm a couple years older than Blake, and I think when he was probably about 15, he messaged me on Facebook or MySpace, something <laughs> like that, when <laughs> he was young. I think I was probably 19 years old and I was already in college and I was actually interning for trans world motocross as a as a writer and he messaged me and I just said you come back to me when you're 18 years old and <laughs> and we'll go from there and he did he did <laughs> so Four he years left later I was I was working at one of the races with trans world and he found me and said I'm 18 so he left you <laughs> alone here. for four years he did. He left wow. me alone for four years. That's <laughs> pretty did, impressive. And then God knows what. Right. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. The fact that he, he followed through on what you told him to do, I mean, that was probably a good indicator that, hey, this guy might be okay. You know, might have a winner here, right? It took me a little bit, and it took him a little bit of convincing that, you know, he was a good guy, but he definitely proved it. Well, yeah, he definitely seems like one one of the good guys in the pits. I mean, you can, and I'm not saying any of them are schmucks. I'm sure there's a few that are, but just just talk just talking with Blake the little bit I have talked to him and being around him. He's professional. He's got his crap together. You know, he he works very hard, and you just can tell like he he's probably a really good dude. You know, he is. He is, and he's definitely a hard worker. That's that's the truth for sure. Yeah, we see that in some of the videos they post and whatnot. That's well, all those guys are just unreal to me. Like, I just want to sit around and eat chocolate and ice cream and then go ride on the weekend. That's I all I do. I, I couldn't do what they do. But um, so you were you? Did you say you were a intern as a rider? So you ride? No, right. 
Oh, a writer. Right. I was like, that's awesome. okay. yeah. Media a writer. writer. That makes go. way more sense. I feel really stupid are you now. Still do, are you still doing that? I mean, are you writing no, and I'm stuff? No, I'm not. I'm not. I no longer do it. I'm kind of a, I'm 100% like bag of motorsports now. So <laughs> that's my life. Well, tell us about that. What is your day-to-day role with Blake? Oh, gosh. Um, it's kind of different here, and it's different in California. You know, we spend a couple months out of the year there doing training on the West Coast and then a few months out of the year here in Florida on the East Coast. Um, and here we have our facility, mm-hmm. um, and so it's a lot more work here for me personally. But, um, oh, my gosh, everything from just taking care of his diet and his appointments to him throwing me in a tractor and making me help him move dirt. So <laughs> it's a little bit of everything here in Florida. California is a little bit more relaxed and we just, I just kind of get his stuff ready during the day and take care of his diet and, you know, laundry and all those little small things that every wife does for, for their man, you know? Sure. I was going to ask you, does, does Blake like crack whip be like, Hey, I need you to go help build you know, th- rebuild this section on the Supercross track. Go ahead and get that handled. I'll be out there in a minute, or, or do you just help him move dirt? Do you do all the above, or what? Um, he would never let me near his track with <laughs> a piece of equipment. Um, I actually have like a little designated area on the hundred acres of property that I'm allowed to like toy with. <laughs> Otherwise. Unless I'm moving dirt from one area to another, I'm not allowed to touch it <laughs> because it would be it would be a disaster if I did. Well, that that um, that facility looks like a masterpiece, so I I, I kind of understand. Yeah, what a facility that is, and I'm sure that there's been a million man hours that went into it to make it that way, right? There has been, but you know what? There's been so many people who have contributed to this place, and you know we have a full time guy here. Geese that actually used to be like practice bike mechanic and um he started learning how to use the equipment and now he's our full-time ranch hand and Blake's dad my dad um Ronnie Stewart he's another 450 guy he's Mm -hmm. put in a lot of hours here um so it's just it's a for sure group effort getting this place together but yeah a lot of man hours for sure now since you were a intern at Transworld, did you have a background in motorcycles and motocross, or is that just you? How did you get led into Transworld? Um, I actually didn't have any background. Uh, my parents are both professional mountain bikers. Oh wow! So I kind of knew a little bit about the sport, but not much. And when I went to college, um, I was just looking for internships, and Transworld Motocross had one, and. I reached out to Don Maeda and mm-hmm. he took a chance on a young, a young girl that had no experience. And I, I honestly had such a blast there. It was an awesome experience. And obviously I, I met my husband out of it. So that's always a good thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a, that's a pretty cool story. I like that. Yeah. Now you said your, your parents were both professional mountain bikers. Um, uh, did, how, that's pretty neat. Like, and then all, and how ironic is it now you're married to another professional athlete? Yeah, it's funny because I have a I have a cousin who's also a professional mountain biker, and I'm the one child in the entire family that has absolutely no athletic ability at all. <laughs> so, um, 
yeah, it's really ironic. But, um, yeah, my parents tried to get me into it my whole childhood, and I wasn't having it. And I, you wouldn't want to see me throw my leg over a dirt bike or anything with two wheels, <laughs> to be honest with you. I, I can understand that. I've tried to teach some ex-girlfriends and whatnot to ride. It's kind of scary. Oh, trying to – just getting my wife to ride a bicycle <laughs> – is, is and, 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 and she's an athlete. I mean, was a high level softball player. Snap, trying to get her to ride. She could throw a softball that'd kill somebody if it hit him in the head. Can't ride a bicycle to save her life, though. It's it's hilarious to watch her. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not one of my strong suits for sure. Now, Keely, where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in California, um, in a tiny little town called Hemet. Okay, yeah, yeah, familiar with it. Hey, I, I think I may have asked you this when I in St. Louis, but what is the background on your name? Because it's it's a it's untraditional, I guess, but it's really cool. It, to me, it sounded a little bit like it might have some Polynesian background to it. Is there anything like that? No, it's actually a really ridiculous story. Okay. Um, my mom thought that I was a boy, <laughs> and my name was Joey. And when I popped out, I was not a boy. And she had no name for me. And while she was sitting there in her hospital bed, there was a Miss America competition on TV. And the girl who won or one of the top three girls' name was Keely. <laughs> so my mom just said, I'm going to name her that. Well, I like it because it is different. So, and it, you know, like I said, I grew, I spent like five years in Hawaii when my dad was in the military. And it just sounded to me, that's what it reminded me of is like a Hawaiian name. So I was curious. I wish it had some really cool, you know, cultural background, but it definitely doesn't. Not well, for me, at least. Well, if it's any consolation, my name was going to be Kelly had I popped out, not a boy. So it's similar, <laughs> you know. <laughs> my mom did never lets me forget that either, ever. Well, at least Kelly's oh, a, yeah. a Kelly is a boy-girl name. Well, it so. could be, but... Like, I mean, my bro- name's Jamie. I, I got made fun of as a kid, so... Yeah, well, anyway. you, you get made fun of anyways. But That's true. <laughs> now, t- take us through like a normal day uh, in in the life of, of both of you guys. Like, it, let's just let's let's call it like you're on the East Coast. You know, you got stuff going on at the at the at the it's El Chupacabra Ranch. Things going on there. Like, what what's a normal day like for you there? Um, normal day for us is just to get up. He usually does a workout, or we'll both do one together. Have breakfast, and then. He, if it's a Tuesday or a Thursday, he puts on his gear, goes out to ride. If it's a Monday or a Wednesday, he puts on the overalls and the cowboy boots and the cowboy hat, and it's in a piece of equipment. Um, this ranch is nothing but clay, so I spend half of my day usually cleaning the house. We have two dogs. <laughs> Those dogs are all over the place. Half the time they're in the equipment with Blake. Um, it's honestly, there's no routine here. Every day is different. We do have Nate, uh, Blake's mechanic, that's here every day, Monday through Friday. Um, and he works a ton of hours. Burner comes here during the week to help Blake on the days that he rides. And he'll usually come out here on off days and he'll prep the track. So we have a whole family here for sure every day. Um, and everyone kind of just has their role and gets it done. And by, by nighttime, it's dinner. And if we're lucky, Blake rewards everyone with Sonic. Oh, Sonic, nice. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. 
Hey, Keely. So, you know, as the season goes on, there's good nights. We're talking about races now. There's good nights. There's bad nights. There's injuries. Um, how how do you deal with, let's say he has a bad night or he has had an injury in the past. How do you how do you take care of him? How do you comfort him? You know, what's his mood like? Is he cranky? Is he, you know, most guys when they're sick or hurt, they're big babies. So how does he act and how do you maybe put him in his place to get him back on track? Um, Blake's really good with pain. I mean, he's fought through a lot of injuries and raced and hasn't complained a bit. Um, when he's sick, though, that's a whole different story. If he's feeling <laughs> sick, he's like not fun to be around. But, um, there's really not, I mean, as much as I wish I could say that there was something I could do to make him feel better or get, or get his head out of, you know, a dark place with him, there's really nothing I can do. You, you, he is so self-driven right. that he's either got to pull himself out or it's just, it's not going to happen. So, um, really I just try to be there if he needs me. Otherwise I just give him the space and let him figure it out and, you know, do his own thing and get him, get himself prepared. Well, it sounds like you, you've learned your role and, and that's good. You know I mean? Because that's probably hard for some wives or girlfriends to be able to step back and just say, Hey, I got to give him a space. So that, that's cool that you know him well enough to do that. Yeah. I mean, I think, a lot of wives, you know, we we're with them 24 mm-hmm. seven, you know, and so we feel what they feel. And it's kind of like, you just have to, you have to shut it off in your own brain and then figure out, okay, what's best for him. Cause he's the one that's about to go out there and risk his life, you know? So I, I give it to the wives out there. <laughs> I didn't know what I was in for getting into this, but it's definitely like an emotional roller coaster, especially when they're going through something and they can't get themselves out of it. Absolutely. Now, and you may have just answered this to some degree, but like when he when he gets hurt, like when another injury comes in, or he has a bad night, how does that play on your psyche? How does that affect you, or, or do you just worry about him? Um, I. If he has a bad night, it's it's just a bummer to see him feel like he's failed. So it's just, it's emotional, I think. I think it's emotional for everyone involved that putting in, you know, the time and, and wanting to see him do well because you know these guys are out there giving it everything they have, and when they come back disappointed, it's so heartbreaking because there really is nothing you can do. And I can't imagine that there's any worse feeling than – feeling like you've disappointed the people who work hard for you. Right. So that's the hardest part, I think, for me, is to see that he feels that he's disappointed us because that's not the case at all. Sure. But that's the hardest part for sure. Yeah, I I, I do feel for those guys when, when something like that happens because of the work they put in. I mean, it's their whole life. This is what they do. And it's just such a, you know, it, it, it seems like it would be such a bummer. But, I mean, I'm not on the inside. I don't know. But uh, now, talk about about your dogs a little bit. I'm curious about this. How how many dogs do you have and what kind are they? We have two cattle dogs. So, like, uh, like healers, Australian shepherds, or something like that? Yep. Yep, little healers. 
Cool, cool. Well, we uh, those are big around here. There's a ton, ton of those. We're in cattle country. It's a lot. The landscaping where we live is probably a lot like where you are. A lot of clay stuff like that. Cow people, things of that nature. So it's a. It looks a lot oh, yeah. like where you're at too. Now, is it was that a culture shock for you being from the West Coast to move there? Um, it was, but you know, it's so peaceful out here, and our dogs love it out here. You know, we have a hundred acres, and it's just. We're out in the middle of the nowhere. There's no one to bother you, and you can, you know, do what you please. In California, it's like you're in cookie-cutter houses right next door to each other. Yeah. No place for the dogs to go. Um, but I love it. I think the hardest thing is leaving family. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, and you guys travel so much. It's got to be difficult. Yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, Blake's dad comes to every single race. Right. He hasn't missed one since Blake was a kid. So he's always there. My parents will travel here and there. My dad's actually here in Florida right now with us. So nice. we try to, to see them as much as we can. Well, hey, let's step back just to, into a different area of this thing. So these guys are professional athletes. With that comes some fame. And with our media, social media world we live in now, there's a lot of the keyboard warriors. Um, you know, in a situation like last year in the Outdoor Nationals when Blake smoked everybody at Lakewood, and, he, you know, he, he talked a little bit of smack afterwards, and, and <laughs> I think that's cool. He has some personality. I and thought he was awesome. He's trying to get under Eli's skin, I would assume. But then you get the people that start hating on that and the trash talkers. As a, a woman who loves Blake, and you obviously probably want to defend him, how do you handle that? How do you take in the negativity that you see or you read, and do you even acknowledge it? Um, we both try not to read anything. Um, he's actually he never gets on Instagram to be honest, unless you know he's doing a post for the team or or something you know that has to do with riding. Mm-hmm. But last year when he went through all that that's that's so Blake you know I think he has a reputation of just being the quiet guy and the guy that doesn't really say much of anything so I think more than anything it was just so shocking to everyone and that's where the talk came from because it was like whoa like where did this kid come from and I personally I love that about him I love when he's outspoken like that and you know you can take it in a positive way or negative way and most people took it negatively and were super surprised by it, but I loved it because it just showed me that he was confident and he felt good about himself. And that's Blake here. You know, he's just, he's an outspoken guy when he's, you know, behind closed doors. And so to see it come out was like, I loved it. Awesome. Yeah, we, we did too. I think it, again, it showed some personality. Too many of these guys are cookie cutter where, you know, they just, they say the sponsor names and, you know, yeah, I'm stoked or whatever. And, and man, everybody has feelings, you know, we all have emotions and I like seeing people express those. So I think it was great. And I'll t- I like to, I've, I've enjoyed uh, some of the press conferences where he, he's been really funny and yeah. cause you just, you don't always <laughs> see that with any of them and especially. And, and, and I haven't seen that a lot with Blake throughout his career, but it's hilarious to see that. And uh, I, I wish it was more. I mean, he's, he's a funny dude. Come, I never would have thought it, but he is, you know, <laughs> I know people say that all the time when they get to know him. It's funny when we have new riders come here to ride at the ranch. I I swear every single one of them leaves and says, I had no idea 
that you were this funny because he is. He's just a total class clown, but you would never know it. Right. Well, tell him to keep live that up a little bit more. We want more of that. So <laughs> okay, well, no, yeah, we got to have it. There's, everybody's too serious and too like it doesn't hurt to to show that. So, yeah, obviously, you know. there's a lot of money on the line, a lot of stress on the line. But man, if if you're not having a good time, he, he can't. The, these riders cannot be doing their best, in my opinion, if they're not having some fun. It, it's, you got to take some of that stress off somehow. I agree, one hundred percent. So I've got just uh, two more quick questions for you. Um, Brittany Chisholm kind of uh, called some of the the girls in the pits track snacks. That was her term she coined. Have you ever seen any of the the ladies? Are they sliding into Blake's DMs? Yeah, are they trying to, you know, be ugly to you? You, you get any, anything like that? Um, you know, I I really haven't. I've been super lucky that I haven't really had to deal with much of that. Blake, Blake, honestly, he is so concerned about his overalls and his tractors <laughs> and getting back to the ranch. <laughs> And the social media thing, it's for sure scary. You know, you, you wonder what's going on, you know, but, um, he just, he's not into his social media. He, he's not into partying. He doesn't drink. Right. Um, he's just, he's his own kind of guy and he just, he likes to be at the ranch. He likes to tinker and work on stuff. That's his thing. So to be honest, I can't even get his attention half the time because he's so worried about <laughs> everything going on at that's, the ranch. So, that's funny. You know, they're there. Yeah. They're out there for sure. There's girls out there all the time, but I've I've been lucky that I haven't really had to deal with anything like that. Right on. Well, my, my last question is, you're, you're with Blake all the time. You're in all these different cities. Fans come in out for signings and in the pits. Do you have any particular fan story that really stands out that was very meaningful to you or very funny or just something that stands out as a cool moment? Um, oh gosh. And if you don't have one, that's fine. I just, you can, if you don't have one, you can always give us an annoying fan story. Yeah. We like hearing those too. <laughs> like us. Yeah. Like um, us. Actually in Atlanta every year, um, we have this little boy, Blake, that always comes to see my Blake. Right. And he, um, he is Down syndrome. Okay. And he, motorcycles are just a calming thing to him. And he has always liked Blake. And he came, we met him two years ago. The first time he came, he couldn't even look Blake in the face. <laughs> and this past, you know, this past Atlanta race, he finally, you know, got the courage to come up and give Blake a hug. And he's just such a sweet little boy. And that, I mean, that's probably my favorite fan of all because awesome. we see him every year. Yeah. And he's so consistent. Very, very cool. Yeah, that, 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 that's a good story. He picked a good one for there. Well, Keely, we know you're you're busy. We won't take any more of your time. I'm sure you you got to go chase your dogs or, or you know keep, keep, keep you know try rebuild to, the triple. Try to get Blake's attention. So, but hey, thank you so much for your time tonight. This was very cool. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. Anytime. All right. All we'll right. talk to you later. Have right, a good bye, night. Keely. Bye. Keely Baggett. Yeah, cool story, man. Yep. I enjoy hearing that. She, I, I think uh, you could tell a little bit She's this is different for her. She's not yeah. used to this type of thing, and uh, that's what's well, cool about it. Yeah, though. she. I think if I'm not mistaken, at St. Louis, she kind of was like, you know, she, 
I think she she wasn't sure that we really wanted to talk to her. It seemed like you know, and I, I try to explain to her, you know. No, we've had we've Blake on before. before. We're yeah. not trying to use you to get to him. Right, right. Well, I think she she I don't know that she remembered us like meeting her in Colorado. You know, we, we you and I rode the train at the airport. Did we meet her there? Well, okay, they yeah. were on the train in the morning. Oh, remember yeah. Remember the train right. with yeah, the tram yeah, yeah, or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah. yeah, she didn't remember that. But yeah, she was cool. I had forgotten about that, <laughs> to and be honest with you. She told me her parents were going to be listening to this. So hopefully we did a good job. Yeah, hi, um, mom and dad. Uh, yeah. ho- hope we uh, hope hope we uh, did a good job here. And, you know, that's awesome. We, enjoy, we enjoyed that. So, yeah. I was Thanks. really, really wanting to, to get into to them, to the mountain bike thing oh, with yeah? them. But, I, you know, this is her interview. So. Right, right. We'll save that one for another time. But that, that really, you know, from somebody that's ridden mountain bikes for quite a while, that interests me a lot. Cool. So, hey, but uh, commercial break, guys. And we will be back with Miss Julie Fortner. Mrs. Julie Fortner. Hey Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way Kathy, he uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10 second removable fork seal protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. In business since 1989, Broadway Power Sports and Tyler strives to provide a superior product with superior service. From motorcycles to watercraft, their full parts and service department, they can get you taken care of with great brands like Can-Am, Polaris, Yamaha, Suzuki, Sea-Doo, and Victory. And don't forget they have firearms too. Broadway Power Sports is your one-stop recreation shop. Broadway Power Sports can match any online price. They can have most orders by the next day for no extra charge. With a friendly staff that offers a personal touch with a smile, how could you go wrong? Call 595-6288 or click broadwaypowersports.com. And save. That's 903-595-6288. And tell them Moto Xbod sent you. Darkside here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828-1472 or email Char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com, and that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L, and tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. You got the one snowman on eastbound and down. Hey guys, Muscle Mark here. I want to introduce you to my friends over at York Welling and Fab. From new construction, truck beds, barbecue grills, and anything else you can come up with, York Welding and Fab has you covered. With deep motocross roots and 20 plus years experience, York Welding and Fab is a brand you can put your trust in. Call Carl at 903-780-7369. That's 903-780-7369 and tell him Moto X Pod sent you. What's up, Moto X Pod listeners? It's Dark Side. And if you are in the Dallas Fort Worth area and you need an amazing deal on a residential or commercial roofing job, 
or if you just need a new fence, a custom patio, a pergola, or even a new metal building, Five Star Roofing of Texas is who you need to call. Chad Mayu and his crew will knock it out of the park for you as easily as JS7 blitzes a set of whoops. He even offers a moto discount. And he's also a proud sponsor of our friend, John Short. Chad is a true moto head and does incredible work. So give Five Star Roofing of Texas a call at 833-578-2789 or go to www.5starroofingoftexas.com or check him out on Instagram at Five Star Roofing of Texas. And in all those cases, it's the word five, F-I-V-E, not the number five. Check them out, Five Star Roofing. Thanks to our new sponsor. All right, guys, welcome back. Again, big shout-out, MX Girl Designs, All Sport Dynamics, Shock Socks, and Five Star Roofing of Texas. Coming up next, she's the mother of uh, Pro Circuit Kawasaki's Austin Fortner, the lovely Mrs. Julie Fortner. Julie, how are you? Good. How are you guys? We're good. We're good. Excited to excited to have you on and t- talk a little bit and uh, get a mother's perspective on things. <laughs> oh yes, great. <laughs> no better perspective to get. No, no more honest one. Anyways, right? Well, that's for sure. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, starting off, um, let's uh, talk a little bit about you know how how things are going right now with Austin. He is he's killing it this year. Doing really good. He's in that points chase for the two fifty East title, and um, things are going well for him. Yeah, yeah, he's doing really good. You know, um, he's um, this this is really his first full season in supercross last year he did he he did do a season but he missed some races because he had hurt his back and so then you know last july he had that um injury to his head and then he broke his wrist so 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 we're just happy and feel blessed that he's made it through the season this far because there's been a lot of injuries in the 250 class for sure especially on the um east coast where he's racing right now but He's doing really good. You know, it was exciting for him to be in the point, have the red plate for our home race at St. Louis, and that was really cool. And unfortunately, it didn't turn out like we had liked. And then after um, St. Louis, he had kind of been sick, fighting, you know, a cold and some sickness. And um, I think he kind of got ran down. And um, so then when we got to Indy, it started snowing and was cold, and he was kind of just fighting you know, trying to stay in the race itself. He did really good in the heat, but then I think he kind of got wore down. And when it came to the main event, um, he just didn't have a whole lot left there at the end. But um, he said he's feeling really good. He's back to riding really strong. And so hopefully, um, not this weekend, but next weekend when we get to Minnesota, he'll be ready to kill it again and get back up there on the podium. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll bet that break couldn't come at a better time. Yeah, yeah, it was good for him. He was kind of, you know, he, he wasn't feeling well. And, he, of course, you know, the the crash at St. Louis um, kind of got him down a little bit, I think, because um, he was expecting to go there and, and do really well. And, and then that little crash and yeah. then the lapper thing. And so, you know, it didn't turn out like he wanted. But still, hey, he's still in it. And, and I think three races left, he's only – seven seven or eight points out and you know anything can happen we got the uh, triple crown coming up in minnesota and then of course in vegas you know anything can happen Absolutely. there so I, I 
I still think he's in it. He's in it, and he he can win as easy as anybody else that's up there. So. Agree. Oh, he's very much still in the hunt for sure. Eight points is not a huge deficit. And uh, now, I'm curious. He Austin. He's still young. He's not like one of these older guys that's married, has a wife to fall back on. When he's sick, does he come see mama still? And. and uh. <laughs> Yeah, kind of. He, he at least calls me. He says, <laughs> what did I say? You know, and I'm like, go to the doctor and see. Because, you know, there's so many things that he can't take, you know, be prescribed because of the drug testing and everything. So you have to, even with over-the-counter things, you have to be really, really careful of things that he can't take. Like even, you know, uh, like Sudafed or Tylenol cold, none of that stuff he can take. So it seems like it took him a lot longer to get over it because there wasn't anything really he could take to help him get get it over with. Right, but, right. You know, but yeah, he he called he calls me for sure when he's. You know, I think that's one of the hardest things as a mom that you deal with is, of course, the injuries, and and as a mom, you really struggle with. Every time that gate drops, you just you just want your kids to be safe, <laughs> and it. It, it it really is it really is probably the hardest thing for me is the injury part of it yeah. because you just you just don't want to see that you know and but that's okay I mean I'm so proud that he's getting to chase his dreams but you know every mother every every parent wants their kid to be able to do that sure so. yeah for well, sure one of my questions I wrote down is based sort of off what you just said. How many pairs sho- pairs of shoes do you go through in a year? Because I've never seen a moto mom pace as much as I saw you pace yeah, at Lakewood, Colorado. Yeah. No, for sure. I tell people they're like, "How do you?" You know, like a lot of people, they don't understand. Like they they don't understand it, and then when they they go to a race with me, or they're they're there, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, how do you watch?" Or like a lot of people, I've started watching him on TV this year. Even like where I teach at my school. A lot of the parents watch it every Saturday night, and they're like, how do you let your kid do this? I'm like, man, I pace and pray. That's yeah. I get done. Right. So I, I, I do that a lot. I try, oh, my gosh, you know. And I think that I've watched him so long since he was, like, four years old. Like, I know when he's off balance, when he's made a mistake. You know, I don't really know that much about motocross, but when you're a mom and you've watched him every single race, you just, you just know it, yeah. you know. It's, yeah, it's kind of crazy, though. Well, yeah, like I said, the first time I met you was at Lakewood last year. Um, I was there for press day, and it was, you know, the, the pro circuit guys were out there. And I was like, who is this lady walking up and down this hill like crazy? <laughs> and and somebody told me, that's Austin's mom. And, and then, you know, I met you and found out we had a mutual friend and our, and our favorite track owner, April Johnson. And yeah. I instantly fell in love with you as a moto mom because uh, who who doesn't love April Johnson? I mean, anybody that's a friend of theirs, <laughs> that's family. Yeah, that's for sure. She was, they are such good people. I, I can't tell you. Uh, like when we first went to that track, they were so welcoming and I mean, just awesome people. And then we, we um, left our trailer there one winter so we wouldn't have to drag it back and forth from Missouri to Texas every weekend. Right. And they were so nice to us. Like, I just fell in love with her. Like, she is totally awesome. She Agreed. is the best. Yeah, we're, we're, so. we're fortunate to have uh... – have them as track owners in our local area and to have that facility that they work so hard to, to keep up. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. And it's beautiful there. Yes, it's it is. Really 
Now, I'm going to jump subject a little bit. Austin, he's, he's, he's how old is he now, 18? Um, 19. 19, okay. He's young. He's a good-looking kid. He's, you know, he's doing well racing dirt bikes. Do you have to get out there sometimes with a broom and shoo these chicks off of him? Like, hey, get out of here, you know? Do you have to get out there and swing on him? Like, look, I'm still mama. You're going to leave. I don't need you. You know what I'm saying? Do you, do you got to – does mama bear have to come out sometimes at the races? Oh, my goodness. My daughter calls me that, the mama bear. That is so funny that you mentioned that. You know, no, not really. I mean, like, I, you know, like, I I watch – there's a lot of young girls that obviously come to the track and, you know, prance around or whatever you want right. to call it. But um, it's pretty funny to watch them and watch his reactions to them. But, you know, we try – we tried to talk to him about, you know, you got to be careful and, yep. you know, find find a girl that you have something in common with, but, you know, get to know them. And, you know, we try to give them the whole parent thing that sure. you do with your kids. But it is pretty funny to watch lots of girls, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's young. He's at that age where that's probably what he's thinking about more than he's thinking about racing. So Yeah, you, you got that. And, yes. He he does do that a lot, and he's like, "See this picture? You you think this girl's cute? What about this one? What about this one?" And, and then at the track, he'll say, "Wow, that girl's really pretty." As she's walking toward him, I'm like, "Oh my goodness!" Yeah. Uh oh. Yeah. Now, have are the do, do any of them uh do, are some of them like kind of gutsy? Do they do they approach him while you're standing there? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh wow. For sure. Oh yes, and they they yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man moms, moms moms mean nothing right oh, right yeah these yeah well kids today you know every generation seems to have a little less respect and you know as we get older we're the old people and we're like our generation was a little bit better you know i don't remember that being that of course i wasn't austin fortner at that age <laughs> right. but still like I, I was young i liked girls a lot and, and <laughs> i don't remember my mom being too cool to them you know what i mean right. i don't remember her being just really nice to too many of them but i could be you know <laughs> I, i'm old enough now i really don't remember so who knows right yeah Right, right. Yeah, you know, I, I'm sure it's uh, – luckily, I've had a daughter, so I, she's, 30, she's 33, so I've been through the whole, yeah. you know, dating thing and sure. all that. So I have I had a little experience. Boys are a little bit different, and boys that, you know, have some whatever, lots of fans and a little bit of popularity, that, that comes into play as well. Sure. So, but, you know, it's been okay so far. Well, hey, so we talked about Austin's age a little bit, you know, and he's he's a young kid, um, full of testosterone. He gets a little hot headed sometimes. I like it, but I you like know, it. Like the, with the instant, the the instance at St. Louis with the lapper, he gets a little fired up. Maybe throws some uh, some some fingers up in the air. Do you do you ever talk to him about that kind of thing, or do you just kind of let um, him be who he is? No, like like we we talked about, you know. We, we talked about even the incident with um, Zach Osborne right. in Atlanta, you know, and we talked about it, and he, he was like, it was a racing incident, and, you know, we were both going for the same corner, Mom, and, you know, I wanted to beat him to the corner because, you know, he would have done it, I mean, you know, he would have done it too. So, um, and then the, the thing in St. Louis, you know, um, unfortunately in Austin's career, lappers had been a problem, mm-hmm. and... They, they just seem to 
I don't know for us. I think often th- those top guys are so fast. They come up on those lappers so quick that they that the lappers don't know what to do. And then, unfortunately, sometimes they just get in your way. And um, the you know the one the one at St. Louis that that was a bad like like he was like I didn't even know it was Austin and I didn't know I had the blue flag. Yeah, you did. Like, come on, dude. I mean, you know, like four people had already passed you. Right. And Austin showed him his front tire in the whoop. So I went back and watched it on TV several times, and he, he looked over. He knew it was Austin. I'll agree. So, I watched it too. You know, like like when Austin went up, you know, like I said to him, you know, cameras are always on you. You have to be careful. But – then when I saw, and he's like, all I did was say, do you know what the blue flags are for? You've got to watch the blue flags. And, you know, he just was like, I was so mad because, you know, in all honesty, he, he probably cost him three points, yeah. which would leave him, you know, three points or four points behind in the, in the chase right now. And that's, that's unfortunate. It you know, is. Lappers have, lappers have to be aware at well, you know. So Agreed. I didn't. I like I I thought it, I, when I watched it I'm like you know but I'm kind of a fireball like that too <laughs> I'm like okay you know what that that was good you let him know you've got to watch the blue flags dude and like he didn't cuss and he didn't and even when he passed him he didn't throw in the fingers or anything he just threw his hand up like what were you doing like come on guy you yeah know? no he so, did for sure. And, you know, so I, I kind of, you know, I kind of like that he has that kind of passion. And I'm, you know, I don't want him throwing, you know, punches or anything. Right. But, and, and we do talk about it. And we say, keep your cool, you know, as much as you can. But, you know, he didn't do anything I felt like was wrong. I felt like he, he did what I would have done. Or, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot of emotions. A lot of emotions, yep. a lot of money, a lot of stress on the line. So, I mean, it's understandable that sometimes people – Well, these guys are professional athletes, too. There's yeah. passion involved in this. Sure. They work really hard to do what they do. Yeah, I'd be mad as hell, too. I've had people cut me off at local races, and I'm a third vet rider, and I still got mad at them. <laughs> shake my hand out. I'm like, you just – it's and especially, like, it's the fact that they're in your way. What if they cut over on you on a jump? Or, or you just – you never know. Like, there's a safety aspect involved in that. Not to mention, he's going for a championship. That's a lot of money, a lot of, you know, a lot of pride, whatever involved in that. I, I would have been upset about it too, you know. I, and I was, scre- yeah. I was screaming at the TV, "Get the hell out of the way, you dummy!" You know, because I'm, you know, I don't, I hate to be biased. They say we're media. I don't think I am, but I like Austin. He's been cool to us. I root for the kid. I really do, you know. Yeah, and you know, the thing was, he had held him up, like, like two straight. I mean, two for two whole things. Uh, like two sections. sections, he had had the blue flag. Like he was holding Austin up, and he was like, "Come on, dude! Like get out of the main line. Yeah, like, yeah. Get get out of the way, you know." But you know, it's you know, I, I, I seen my husband fight before after a race. So <laughs> I, <laughs> and he was old, so right. it was kind of like, yeah. So, but you know, it, it was a bad incident, and. It, we, but you're exactly right. Like, Austin had a lot on the line. That lapper, not so much. But Austin right. had the red plate on the line, and it it was, yeah. And he didn't want to, you know, you don't want to, he doesn't want to disappoint his team, you know, Mitch and Bones and all them and everybody. Ollie, they all work so hard. Even, you know, and Austin works 
oh my gosh, that kid puts in so much work. He didn't want to disappoint anybody, and he was already frustrated, I'm sure, from the first wreck. So sure, yeah, no, absolutely understandable. Now, and, and you know, without naming any names, and there may not have been an incident that I can remember. Now, if there's a problem after the race like that, and things get heated, to, to riders are having words. Has Austin had an incident like that, and how does Mama react? It's, you know, because he's still your boy at this point. I mean, he'll always be. How does Mama react when things like that happen if he gets heated? Yeah, not really. I mean, that one was a little heated. And, you know, the one with um, Zach, like, he just left. Like, he just pulled away because he knew that wasn't going to go well. And, and Austin's really, really smart about that stuff. And so I think he knows, you know, even though he's just a kid, Racing with these guys, he he does handle himself pretty good, and you know he has he's been told, you know you can't, you know do these things, you just can't like that. I mean it's it's like fines involved, and yeah, and mm-hmm. you can get, you know there's a lot of stuff involved in all that, and Austin knows that, and he wouldn't risk, you know being penalized for something like that, and it's just emotions run high, and you just do, you know you just react and sure. Honestly, you know, I'm 50, I'm almost, you know, I'm almost halfway to 60. I'm 56, so I, you know, as you get older, you understand that, and then it's a little, like, like I wouldn't ever, like, I'm not ever down there on the floor anyway, I'm always in the stands, but, um, yeah, I would just let him take care of it, and I, I wouldn't get involved in it, and I'd let him and Ollie deal with it. Right, there you go. Right. Hey, so Julie, my last question I have for you is you've been in the, around the sport for a long time. You said you don't know anything about motocross, but you've been involved through the amateur days and through, into his professional career. Is there any one major thing that you would like to see changed in the sport, whether it be supercross, motocross, you know, travel, rules, anything like that that just stands out? Anything. Uh, you know, I guess it goes back to, you know, there are, like, I, like a couple races ago, I saw an article that said there were 24 of the top guys already injured. And I guess, I mean, I don't know how they're going to change that or make a difference, but they've got to make, in my opinion, they've got to start fixing some things so these guys can make it through the whole season. Right. Because some of those guys, you know, got, I mean, let's look at Ken Roxon, Barsha, even in the 450 class. Like, guys, a lot of those guys are already, like, they were injured, like, five races ago. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And in the 250 class, my goodness, like, like half of the class is out already. I don't know. It, it seems to me like they're going to have to figure out a way to make the tracks, that, you know, that, to do what the fans need and to do what the racers need, but they're going to have to figure out a way to keep them safe so that these guys can make it through a whole season. That's a very big topic right now. A lot of the other podcasts, like Pulp MX and Main Event Moto, those guys are friends of ours. That They talk about that all the time. And there's a lot of theories, different theories, different opinions. But what it really comes down to is these guys are going so fast, and the bikes are so powerful, and the jumps just keep getting bigger. And even when they try to, they try to slow the track down maybe by peaking the jumps out so they don't go so far, but then the guys try to jump huge quads. You know, it's... I don't know how you do it, really. I don't know that anybody has an answer yet, but 
the fact that we're having the discussion and that so many other people are having the discussion yeah. is a good start, though, I think. Yeah. It, it means something you know, it, it's that's how it has to start, right? People have to start You're talking right. about it, you know. And uh, and I'd like to see, you know, with with Trey Kennard getting involved with more in that side of it, I'd like to see something what he's doing take off a bit. And because at the end of the day, yeah, we we don't need these guys hurt like that all the time. And it's, and at the end, of the, it's a dangerous sport, but at the same time, you know, we want to try to save, right. it, make it as safe as we can. Yeah, and you know, in all honesty, if you take all the top guys out. Like, like, there's not a lot of racing going on. I mean, you know, like the racing, the racing is an excite. Like I've heard, yeah. I saw a couple of posts of people in the 450 class that said, you know, it's kind of gotten boring because they've lost so many of the fast guys. But now it's just a few of the guys out there, you know. So no, for sure. I don't know, but I agree. I mean, I I've talked to Trey and he's working really hard, you know. But you're right. When they they build something that the guys can't jump. Then they go jump it anyway. Exactly. You know, it's like, are you kidding me? Well, like, yeah, that, that wasn't supposed to be jumped like that. And then you guys go jump it anyway. Well, they're so. di- yeah, it's like they're not. They should kind of see that coming. They're just they're to me. That's a little bit of them discrediting the talent these guys yeah. have, and the bikes. I mean, you put those two together, those guys jump a lot of stuff that is just looks unreal to anybody else. Yeah, like that squad at St. Louis. Yep. Wow. Exactly. That was, that was big. Exactly. <laughs> So, but yeah, that would that would be the thing that you know I think needs to be addressed sooner than later. Just because you know you go from Supercross and then you only have a two week break and then you're at outdoor. Yeah. And if you get hurt, like like some of these guys, you don't even have a chance to get ready for outdoor. You know, because you're still broken or whatever. Like you've got to go straight into outdoor and you don't have any time to recover. Right. So, Absolutely. Well, Miss Julie, uh, we, we know you're you're probably busy doing you know more important things than talking to us, so we won't take any more of your time. But it was a pleasure to have you on tonight and get to catch up oh. with you again and talk. It's always good talking to you. Hey, thank you guys so much. I was like, I don't know about this because I don't really do like people ask me do an interview with the student, and I'm <laughs> like, no, I don't really do that. But you guys are awesome. This is this is this is fun. It was perfect. And thank you guys so much for asking me. And absolutely, you know, love your show. Love, love, love April. And yes, ma'am. Everybody down there. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a good sport, and we we all love it. So thank you so much for having me on. We enjoyed yep. your perspective immensely. All right, take care. Okay, see you later, Miss Julie. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Bye, Bye. Julie Fortner. Hey. There's no perspective like a mom's perspective, and I think that was probably – I don't know. We're not done with our interviews tonight, but that, that's going to be the one I think people really can resonate with, yeah. you know, especially if they have a mom and, and grew up racing and stuff. But anyways, quick break, guys. We'll be back with our next guest. All right, guys, we're going to get to our third guest of the night. This this lady has done quite a bit in our sport. You might not know what you're about to find out. She for four, spent 14 years with the KTM, the last part of that being the motorsports marketing manager. She is a partner 
in the uh, two-wheel group. She's also an advisor to the board for the Kurt Caselli Foundation and the the motorcycle coaching U.S. Motorcycle Coaching Association. She's also the fiance of off-road legend Gary Sutherland. Christy LaCour LaCurl, sorry, I totally butchered that. <laughs> Christy LaCurl, what's up, Christy? <laughs> no problem. My name did butcher a lot. I had so much to say there. I got a little tongue tied at the end, but uh, you've got a hell of a resume. So hey, <laughs> very true. Yeah, so, I'm going on uh, 17 years in the motorcycle industry right now. Awesome. Well, tell us how that got started before we start talking about what you your involvement with Gary. Let's let's talk about your involvement with motorcycles in general. My my whole family raced when I was younger. And I rode, my dad made me ride, I should say, when I was younger. He really wanted a son, and I'm an only child. So um, I, had to, I had to ride when I was younger. But I, the racing side was never really for me personally, but I loved being involved in it. So I knew from an early age that I wanted to be involved in motorcycling somehow, but I knew I wasn't going to be the premier athlete. I was going to have to help premier athletes. Right. <laughs> and that's really kind of what I aimed my whole career around was, um, finding talent, bringing talent up, and um, you know, helping bring awareness to motorcycling. That's really cool. Like, I, I you know, I, I'll be honest. I didn't know, I didn't know who you were until I got had the pleasure of meeting Gary through Chris Kiefer, and you know, they were just talking about how awesome you were. So then I was like, oh, I got to find out who this chick is because this sounds really cool. <laughs> and he was just telling Gary was talking about how amazing you were with his program. I think at the time. Chris was give, busting his balls about maybe moving, you know, out of Hesperia and, you know, that whole yeah. conversation was, you know, but they were talking about how much you do for Gary and, and it was, sounded very impressive. They, they definitely spoke very highly of you. Yeah, I appreciate that. De- definitely what I did at KTM was a lot of behind the scenes work because of course, when you're working with athletes, the limelight should always be on the athlete mm-hmm. and not on the person behind the scenes. So I, I, think a lot of people probably don't know things that I was involved in unless they were directly in those programs. Um, that's kind of the aim of what we do. And even with Gary, you know, it's still working uh, behind the scenes to, to bring out the champion and him each week, which uh, me being so involved in the industry, I think sometimes it's a little hard because I'm not just the typical yeah, right. person that sits there and goes, oh, you did good, honey. You know, I'm like, I don't understand why you're throwing your hand around in the air and <laughs> you know, singing over an issue, like, you know, focus on the race, that type of thing. So, we are, it's a love and hate relationship with that sometimes, so we have to definitely watch what we what we say and make sure we're still more supportive at the end of the day always. Well, I, I like that because sometimes you need that honesty. I mean, we were, we've talked to some other, you know, some wives and some moms tonight, and you, you got to be honest with your your loved one who's a professional athlete. You can't sugarcoat it sometimes, you know. I mean, like Brittany Chisholm told us last year when we talked to her that she'll tell Kyle when he's riding bad, you rode like crap. You know, yeah. I mean, and I think they need that because there's probably a whole lot more people kissing their butts. You definitely do. Just how you say it leaves yeah. the whole rest of the day. So you have to be really, really critical with that. But he's he's pretty good now. We've gotten a system down where I kind of know when to say my thing. But his last race, the, one of the last things I said to him before he left was, like, did you check your spokes? Because he's his own mechanic, too. Yep. And, of course, he ended up having a wheel break, right? But it was not because he didn't check his spokes. It was because there was just a malfunction with the actual um, that he had on his bike. But as soon as I walked up to him, he's like, I did check my spokes. I did check my spokes. And he thought that was the first thing I was going to say. And I was like, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, 
talking about on that end when they maybe need a little encouragement or they need some honesty. Now, when things are, are rough for them, like saying, and we know Gary's had a few struggles, a few setbacks this past year. How do you play in? The, what what is your role with that? I mean, like obviously you want to be supportive, but do you kind of? I mean, does it affect you a little bit too psychologically? Like it probably does him, or or what goes through your mind and stuff like that? For sure, it, it affects us all. I mean, racing is his career. It's how he makes his money. If he doesn't do well, there's no money coming in from his side. And I come from a background of working with top athletes and teams and budgets and this type of thing that he doesn't have the luxury of having. So it's actually, for me, been a new challenge to work with him, especially this year when he got dropped from his team unexpectedly way late in the season and had to kind of salvage to put together something, you know, working as a team with him to figure out how to best approach this year and how we could do it together uh, was a really big challenge. But just knowing we had to do that, we just, you know, kind of put our heads down and do what we can. I go to the track with him a lot and do his lap times and that kind of stuff when I can with, you know, with my job and stuff. And Emery helps too. She's learning how to run the stopwatch <laughs> now so she can help daddy. Um, he, Gary works harder than anybody I've ever met in this. And he just has so much determination uh, with the little help at times. And that's what's really you know, inspiring to me. And I love that Emery's at an age now where she's actually getting to see that and how much hard work pays off and this type of stuff. Cause she's so little, you know, they're, they don't comprehend that stuff right. too much in school. You try to tell them to pay attention, but now when she sees how hard daddy works, it's, um, it's really nice that she's starting to get some of those life lessons from him through racing. Yeah. I was going to bring up Emery here in a minute. Um, but let's how, first, how did you and Gary meet? Cause you're not from California, correct? I am okay. from Northern California originally, um, but I've been living in Southern California for 15 years now. I moved here when I got the job at KTM okay. uh, and have been living here forever. So we've met off and on multiple times, probably over the last decade, um, but more, you know, me just knowing who he was as a racer and having to write press releases about him when I had a media role at KTM um, and knowing him that way. And then when he rode for KTM as a a support writer probably three or four years ago now is when we became pretty good friends, I'd say. Um, and he says the first time he realized he liked me was at ISCE. Like three years ago, he says I ignored him <laughs> and wasn't paying attention to him in any way. I don't remember him ever trying to approach me, but he says that I was just mean and obviously too cool for him or something. So that's his story. But um, shortly after that trip is when he actually did get the courage to ask me out. And um, he was transitioning into riding for a different team, which I liked because I never wanted to ever uh, date anybody that was affiliated with the team. Right. Um, so the timing of it worked really well. And so we just kind of started hanging out. But of course, because uh, he had Emery, we took it really slow just to make sure it was what we really wanted. And then as uh, we realized it was, we, you know, introduced her to me a lot more and yeah, and built that relationship with her. Well, awesome. That was a really a cool part of, you know, I was, I felt very fortunate. The day I met Gary was actually the first time I had met Chris face to face. I flew out from Texas to go to the vet worlds and I got to come up and meet Chris, who I was a fan of from the pulp show, got to sit down. Well, first I got to watch Gary practice for Enduro cross, which is really cool. And then we went and ate at some little um, restaurant at the airport or something and, and got, and they were, yeah, it was really cool to get to know those guys because they let me be part of their group and hear real life talk. 
And, you know, and Gary told me about, you know, he's talking about being a single dad and Emery. And, and at this point, I, I didn't know anything about Gary or off-road. I really didn't follow it. Um, and, and I was really impressed. And then when I heard about your role and I started seeing your, I started following you on Instagram and how involved you are with his daughter. It's really a cool story. I mean, Gary is an amazing guy and, and I'm really impressed with what you've done, you know, coming into that family and becoming a part of it. And you're obviously the mom, you know, I mean, you're Emery's mom is from what I see. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And she's the most precious thing. We, we joke that she was raised by wolf. <laughs> he's had, you know, full custody of her since she was 11 months yeah. old. And, um, all of his guy friends have basically been her support structure. <laughs> Um, for the first five years of her life, you know, until I kind of uh, came in. And some of their wives, of course, always helped and added a little girly um, touch for her. But they, she's so tough. They picked on her so much and, you know, make her fetch everything for them. She's just the toughest. They're like, she'll, she'll, she ate it on a curb the other day. We were like walking into a restaurant. She just eats it, hits with her face first. Oh. And she gets up and she just goes, oops. And nice. we're like, what? What kid doesn't cry? When right. They, well, but she's so used to the talking with her and stuff that it doesn't even phase her. So, um, she's she's a strong little trooper. And of course, now that I'm around, there's a lot more. Like every time I she, I'm in my bedroom with her, she's got every single pair of high heels that I have on <laughs> and good, out good. and walking around and asking me if I can do makeup and this kind of stuff. You know, so she's starting to get into that now that she's seeing it. Um, but she's just, he's done such an amazing job with her. It's, uh, I mean, that's part of the reason I even fell in love with him to begin with. You know, you see how much he's put into raising her and he, she has the exact same heart as him and it's, it's amazing. Nice. That's a neat story. I didn't know any of that. I really didn't. Of course, mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't follow off road very heavily. I, I probably will now yeah, from hearing this. That's yeah. this well, same. this this is the year to follow it. By the way, because all these races, not even just the series Gary does, but if you've been following the GMPC series too, they're finishing within like a second of each other. Right. It's epic racing. <laughs> yeah, I hate. We talked about when we had Gary on. Like, I hate that they're not televised. I mean, I know it'd be difficult to televise, yeah. but even if it was just highlights. It's it sucks that we. Can't that's really kind of what that. they do with the GNCC. If you watch them, that's all they are is highlights. Why well, can't you know announce yeah. right. And I do try. I had no, I haven't this year, but in years past, I have watched that. I'm just kind of scared to dabble into that off road stuff because I know I'll, I'll like it too much. And, and motos just keep, keeps me. You know, I don't have time to do much of anything, and I don't want to add one more thing. Oh, but, you'll make the time. Yeah, yeah. Come over to the off road side too. Yeah, no, I love hearing that about him because I have a daughter, and I mean, and I, you know, my wife and I are married, and, and, and but that, but it, just to hear how he is with her, and because that's the kind of father I am. I'm very hands on and very yeah. involved in her life, and it, I don't know. I'm just a softy when it comes to that type of stuff. Curious though, <clears throat> was it was it Budman we were talking to, Buddy Antonez about the uh, the Loretta's thing? Was was that her he was talking about? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh yeah, I got to yeah. get into that because he uh, we've had we've done two podcasts with Buddy actually, and uh, we asked him how the Loretta thing got started, and he the way he told us it, I want you to tell the story, but the way he told us it, it, it kind of cracked me up a little bit. So why don't you dabble in that a little bit for us? Yeah, I will. I hung out with Buddy for about four hours today. We had a coaching meeting, so awesome. uh, he and Nathan were there. Um, it, so basically what happened is we were at Loretta's two years ago, and I had signed up with a, I had signed up for a triathlon um, because of one of the Orange Brigade dads. His name's Jason Verbrack, and he's Connor Malonex's dad. And um, he had convinced me to do a triathlon, and he said Buddy was going to do it. And when we were sitting there and 
at Loretta's, they're like, have you been training? I was like, oh, not really. You know, I, I need to really get on it. They're like, you're not going to do it. You're going to back out at the last minute. And I said, I'll do it. And Buddy's like, well, if you do it, then I'll race Loretta's next year. And I was like, well, I'm for sure doing it. <laughs> and so I went home. I trained. I set up with the triathlon. I completed it. I actually beat Buddy by like 21 seconds or something, like, uh, super small gap, you know, but I beat him <laughs> and that rubbed it into him even a little bit more, but he had to race Loretta's because of that. And since we knew we had that bet, I was doing Nathan Ramsey's contract that year for Orange Brigade. And I put in, in like small print at the end. Oh, and by the way, you have to try and qualify and attempt to race Loretta's. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so he signed that too. And so that's how they both ended up racing and training for it. But actually they're, they're best friends, by the way. So if you ever watch them together, they're super cute. Cause they just like completely love each other. They even pulled out each other's hair today when we were at the coaching meeting. Um, but they trained together. They rode everywhere. You know, it really got them motivated again. And it kind of brought back that love of riding for them, nice. which was a bigger benefit than I thought. You know, I just, the reason for Nate was really, he was a, a coach to all of our Orange Brigade riders. And at the time I thought, I want him to live through the experience again that the riders are so he can relate to it a little bit more and the training preparation that they do and this kind of thing. And it really did help for that. But out of it, he kind of fell in love with riding again. And of course he lost like 40 pounds. He had been bulking up since his retirement in putting on muscle for the first time in his life. And he's like, man, if I have to actually train, I'm going to have to lean out and do all this stuff. So he got back into racing shape. And then last second, Mike Brown hears that I got Nathan and Buddy to race. And so he goes, well, I'm going to do it. So <laughs> you had Mike Brown come out. And then, of course, Mike Brown kills everybody. Right. You know, for minutes. And Nathan got second, though. Like, he did good. And Buddy hung in there. And they all had a really good time. And um, we're real friendly with each other and stuff, but yeah, Mike Brown, I mean, Mike Brown's Mike Brown. So he showed up, never has taken a day off racing his wife and exactly. you know, still crushed it. I'm <laughs> curious if Mike Brown's an actual human sometimes. <laughs> that dude yeah, is, is just we will rad. have that conversation. <laughs> you know? I mean, I think he's 47 this year, turns in May, I think. And he's just still going at it. I remember Kirk Caselli a long time ago, they were talking about, changing up some race series and they're like yeah why don't we have it at this location this and he's like i'm not mike brown i'm not gonna show up everywhere you pay me and just put barrels out in the corner and mike brown's <laughs> like I'd, I'd show up i for sure would show up if there's money i'll i'll be there you know so <laughs> mike come mike comes from the days where you had to chase him like that yeah. i just don't think he ever shut oh, that yeah. off you know you went everywhere there was no money and you raced it and built yourself up that's where yep. he was at for sure Hey, Chrissy, so I have four questions that come from Chris Kiefer. Okay. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're not, they're not uh, like Kiefer after dark questions, so. Okay, good, because yeah. I would just yeah. sleep the fifth. All right, so the first question is, ask if Gary is hard to live with. <laughs> Hold on. Gary just got in the car. And <laughs> on the car. What's up, Gary? In. You can get hey, Gary involved in this one, too. They said, this, these four questions are from Chris Keeper, and they said, is Gary hard to live with? And I would say it depends on the last race result <laughs> of the previous week. Fair enough. That, that's a racer for you. What would you say, Gary? What do you say? What do I say? Yeah. If I'm, hard, if I'm hard to live with? Yeah. yeah. Are you hard to live with? It's, I think it is. It's more of the fact of, 
how I did at the last race and how she's dealing with how I did at the last race. Ah, I hear you. There you go. Not me, it's her. Okay. (laughs) I am. That's awesome. All right. That's awesome. Question number two How does Gary treat pressure washers? Um, not very good. (laughs) Yeah, we're going. So this, uh, that question came about because Gary had an electric pressure washer, which they're not that great to begin with. Right. And he washing his bike in the yard one day and the hose wasn't connecting right. So it wasn't spraying very powerful. And regardless, he got upset. So he took the spray nozzle and he broke it over his leg. (laughs) And this is. M M standing there, I'm standing there, we both just look at each other, we walk back in the house, give him his moment. <laughs> and then and later he goes to Home Depot to uh buy a, a new pressure washer and he sees one that's like discounted and then he sees a new one that's the same and he's trying to talk them down and giving <laughs> him that by the way, Gary always likes to wheel and deal, like he's always trying to find people to give him a deal. So he's trying to talk him down on the price and the Home Depot guy is like no, sorry, man, can't discount, no discounts for you. And he goes, ah, oh, fine, and he walks out with nothing, and M looks at him, and she goes, Daddy, I really don't think you're helping your situation. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's- yeah, and then he comes home and goes, you know, when when your daughter tells you you're not helping your situation, maybe you just need to restart your day. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, question number three. How How jealous Gary is of others? I guess he's asking how other guys – is Gary jealous of other guys? He can be. He can be. <laughs> I, I obviously worked in the industry for a really long time, so almost everybody I know is male. So Chris right. has been around and just asking me questions about who everybody is all the time. So yeah, well, Chris likes to push the buttons. He does. He like he likes to try to cause. He likes to. He likes to heighten the situation to then make it seem like I'm just. He's like, well, why? Why? <laughs> You know, he goes full Chris Heaper after dark. Right. All, whoever I'm talking about, you know, like he's talking dirty about like, oh, did you do this? Did you do that? And I'm like, then it's like, of course, I'm like, yo, dude, just chill out. I'm like, we're just talking about, you know, I'm just after a question, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I can see great. that. <laughs> All right. So the last question, uh, he wants to know if Gary is sensitive. <laughs> Gary is so sensitive. Uh but it's in a good way. I right. call him a princess. Oh, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a I'm on the phone and I need a... Hold on. I'll let me have my... This is my interview. Well, I'm interested. So, <laughs> <laughs> Gary has a very emotional side, which is also why Em has such a big heart. He's raised her that way, and he's very caring and supportive and does a lot of things for me because of that. But at the same time, he he does need his attention, and he's very sensitive in that way. This interview is bullshit. You can this cut is this off. This is why Chris gets so jacked up. Because I'm a total dick and not sensitive to him because he's my guy friend. Like I'm not and Chris gonna, gets a little jealous. He gets he, speaking of jealous with guys. <laughs> yeah. Jealous gay guy, gay friend guy or whatever when it comes to feelings. <laughs> like, and Chris really wants Gary to share feelings with him and he does I'm sensitive. I'm like, yes, I'm sensitive to my chick because that's when a guy should be sensitive is with his significant other explaining his emotions about things. Chris gets upset that he's like, well, why won't you do that with me? And I'm like, 
funny, so go F yourself. Like, you know, like. But I'm not very sensitive, no. so some of his sensitivity probably could be used toward Chris. <laughs> <laughs> happy about the result because I'm not very This is oh, great. This, this, this is turn, great. I'm so glad that Gary got in the truck at the perfect moment. Yeah, Gary, you're awesome. I've never talked to you, but I'm glad you got on the phone. I'm actually, hey, I, I'm glad that I can actually interject on this interview and actually make it fun. Oh. oh, oh hey, <laughs> you're, Hold on, make all her the fun police because she's no fun, just so you know. She, under the she, I like rules. She likes rules. Yeah. <laughs> she was awesome, Gary. I mean, you should only, if you only knew the things we talked about before you got in the truck. Uh-oh, you're starting shit now, Jamie. I'm jealous now, Jamie. I'm jealous. He's jealous, Jamie. He's well, coming. I'm sensitive to that. That hurts my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that was really awesome, Christy. I, I, I think we need to get the two of you on together sometime later down the road. Let's do that because yeah. I wasn't here when, when we had Gary. When, Gary, when we had you on, I, I had to be absent that night, and I didn't get to talk to you. You're, you're pretty freaking cool, man. I told you, man. Well, he, he gets riled up real quick. I like, to, I like to have a good time. Yeah, I'm like, Damn it. Yeah, you know, maybe we, we, we kick back and have a margarita or something, you know, then get me talking, then you might be in trouble. Right. Uh, you might want to put a lot of time on the calendar for that, though. <laughs> right long, on. long story. Well, maybe right. we could schedule something towards the, the end of the off-road season and do, like, do a, you know, a 45-minute thing with you or something. We'll talk about a lot of stuff. We'll get, get you guys going. Maybe get Chris on. Oh, God. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Two hours. Yeah, hey. we'll, we'll have to set aside two hours because right. I'm ready. I'm ready for that. Let's do it. That actually would be a good. You know what? That would be a good uh, podcast. Me, Kiefer, Christy. That would be a good one. I think so. I think we got. We got to. We'll, we'll tease our our listeners with that, and we'll do that down the road for sure. I like it. I like that idea. Maybe we could do something like we're talking about going out to the Vet Worlds this year. You know, Mark didn't get to go last year. Maybe we could actually sit down, come up to Hesperia, and sit down and do it. Face to face. Yeah, let's do that. Hell, Chris has got a studio now. Yeah, we'll just use yeah. his place. He doesn't have a studio. That guy's still using his truck. Don't blow my truck. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh right. he's blowing Kiefer That's out of the awesome. water. That's awesome. Well, guys, we know. <laughs> <laughs> we know y'all are busy, so we won't take any more of your time, but it was super cool talking to y'all, and I'm looking forward to this podcast, all right? All right, Christy, will send you a bill, a bill tomorrow, guys. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> yeah, sounds good, man. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, Christy. Christy, we enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you, Gary. Good talking to y'all. Yeah, of course, no problem. Thank you. All right, bye. Have a good evening. Just when, just when I think the interviews can't get any better, they do. That was, <laughs> you yeah, know that what I mean? Fantastic. And we got unexpected guys. Well, you better hold on now because the, the next guest we have coming up is is the girlfriend of of the seven deuce deuce. There's no telling how this is going to go. So a quick break, and we'll be back with Ash Money. Word. All right, guys, welcome back. We're going to get to our final guest of the evening. Now, this one should be a good one, and uh, she's going to have a probably a very different and very interesting perspective on being a writer's girlfriend, being around her, because the writer, 
that she is around, the one she's dating, has probably probably the personality of the industry, probably one of the most loud and awesome personalities. You may you know him as the seven deuce deuce, obviously it's Adam Inkley Nap. Ashley Santi, better known as Ash Money. Ash, what's up? Hey guys. I'm not shocked that uh that you go by Ash Money. I'm just not. I, I just no one, I don't know Adam very well, but talked to Tyler quite a bit, and just being around those guys, it doesn't really shock me, you know? Oh, yeah, I feel like it's pretty fitting, so. Living the hip-hop motocross lifestyle, That's huh? it, that's it. Exactly, I fit right in. So, I, I was going to ask, are, were you a hip-hop fan? Is that what you were into before you even met Adam? I mean, a little bit, but um, obviously Adam dominates you know, the music and the radio and all that. So I've, I've had to like learn to just accept it. Um, and I guess it's grown on me, but I do, I'm from Minnesota originally. So I, I do love my, my country music, but mm. I'm open to all. Yeah. I'm all out things. on the country music. Now question. How does, uh, how does Adam respond to the country music or does he? Oh, oh my, he is such a hater. It is like so <laughs> annoying. Like I sit there and suck it up all the time just listen to whatever he wants to listen to and like one song comes on that i'm obsessed with and he just like <laughs> shuts down like pouts about it it's yep. ridiculous that's me i do that to my wife too sometimes i'm like i don't want to listen to Man. whatever that is on the radio ash i'll tell you like i'm a metal head i love rock and roll hard rock metal and like i put country music at like up with like murder and things that I hate most in life. Oh come on! Now. I I don't know what it is. New country, old country, I can listen to. Like you know, you give me some Johnny Cash, I'm okay. But the new stuff that just sounds like bad pop music, I can't do it. Are you into the new stuff, Ash? Old, new, it doesn't really matter. It makes me happy, <laughs> and I'm just I'm gonna keep listening to it. That's, Shame on you guys. Hey. You guys need to be more accepting and open to look. Well, that's, I'm, that's what music is supposed to do. So that's if that's what it makes you feel, that's awesome. I'm pushing. Uh, I'll be. I'm about to be turned 39 this year, and I've officially turned into that dude that says the music from my era was way better than the, sh- the shit they're playing now. And it's probably not, but that's just my my view on it. But uh, I do like I do like hip hop though a lot, and I like country some too. Now, question, Ashley, what part of Minnesota are you from? Um, Rochester, so the southern part, which is closer to Iowa. Okay. Now, obviously, you live in California now. How did that come about? Or did you move out there to go to school? Or or how did that work? So, I'm originally from Minnesota. Then, um, when I was about 12, my parents moved me to Arizona. So, I actually lived there um, for some time as well. And then, um, they were... I'm not like I was living with them at the time, but they were like, hey, we're moving back to Minnesota. And I'm like, hell... No. Um, so I had some opportunities come up in California, and I packed up my car and drove to California on my own, not having any family here. Not I had, like, one friend and just just did it. Awesome. And how That's did you cool. meet Adam? So um, through a friend, um, he when he was on TPJ years ago, um, there was one of, like, his friends slash writer um, – Chad Gore's, um, his girlfriend was like, hey, Adam's single, you guys should meet. So um, 
we got to meet organically, which is nice. So we didn't have to go through the awkward, like online Tinder or yeah. anything like that. And um, funny story when we first met though, this guy, so like we were kind of like, we were at like my friend's apartment, like Adam comes in with his phone, plugs it into the stereo and starts playing his music. And I'm like, like that's how we started. I'm not surprised, but it was actually pretty funny because like he was he was okay back then. But like I'm like, is this his way of like impressing me? Or I didn't know what he was he was trying to do. Or um, I I don't really know, but I'm not surprised. That's how he started off our relationship. <laughs> he's he's funny with that stuff. Like I gave him a hard time because like Mark, I'm older. I'm I'm 42, and I grew up in the early days of hip hop with whether it be Run DMC or some stuff like Public Enemy, and he didn't know who Public Enemy was, and that blew my mind that he's into hip-hop but doesn't know, like, the OG hip-hop stuff. Just the kids, man, they don't know these days. Mm, no respect. <laughs> but, yeah, I so, can't say no either, sorry. Well, that's okay. I guess I'm just I'm just older than I thought I was, apparently. Yeah, you're, de- you're definitely that older, dude. But Now, question, has uh, do you consider yourself a uh, – He's 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 a man of many talents. So like he's a professional supercross guy. And he's a, 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 a basically a professional rapper, hip hop star. Are you a hip hop girl's <laughs> a hip hop guy's girlfriend, a moto guy's girlfriend, or are you just kind of in the middle? Like how would you describe yourself in that realm? Uh, uh, it's uh, that's an interesting question. Um, I I don't know. I I guess it definitely isn't hip hop. Like no, like that that kind of progressed like with our relationship but I when I met him I knew nothing about racing I didn't know anything about like the motor world like supercross none of that so um I guess I like our relationship started with me just like liking him for himself not like it was based off of anything else um that's awesome and I, and I've grown to like love the sport I have so much respect for it I you know I love being there I love being in that environment but um, I, when I look at Adam, or I should say the seven deuce deuce, um, I just look at him as a person. I don't, it's, yeah, I get that other side of him. So, um, yeah. but I, I love being there and supporting him and everything he does. That's awesome. Now, hopefully that answered your question. No, no, absolutely, it does. And it, uh, it was kind of a silly question, but yeah, this is <laughs> silly. Like, this- this is a silly interview, so that's just kind of how it goes. But uh, now, being at the races with him, he's a pop. He's one of the more popular guys in the pits. Does it ever get straining or old? I mean, because I'm sure people are hollering seven deuce deuce ninety to nothing nonstop all day, right? Right, all day. Well, because I remember we were interviewing him in Dallas, and I, I couldn't count the number of people that were running by hollering, coming up. They, literally around his easy up, there was just a lot of barricade of people. And like to, yeah. to see that in the privateer pits to me is awesome. I, I love where, where, what he's done and what, you know, for the sport and what he's done for himself. And it, it's cool. I like seeing guys like that succeed, you know? Oh, yeah. And I, yeah. And I love hearing it and seeing the, the support from others, but like, he's just so great. Like, I mean, you hear it, from everyone but he just really attends to like the fans and just gives them that time like even when he shouldn't he should probably be focusing you know either on his bike or relaxing or you know whatever he needs to do but he will spend his last seconds before you know getting on his bike to get to the line to give an autograph or take pictures and um i I just love seeing that interaction but on the flip side, I don't get to see him at the race. Like, I'm definitely there kind of in the back just for support. I 
randomly have to go get an espresso because he's <laughs> now obsessed with that. But besides that, I'm just kind of the girlfriend in the background, just like getting him water and just checking in. But we really don't really get to connect that much um, on race days. So, How many races do you make? Because we're, we're in Texas, so we made the Houston and Dallas rounds, and I went up to St. Louis and I, I don't, I didn't see you at any of those rounds. Do you just do West Coast? Yeah, for the most part, because like I have a full time job. Because you know, someone's got to stay home and make the money right. and pay the bills. But um, it's, I wish I could go do all of the races. But like, um, it's just I've got a professional, you know, career that I'm sure. working towards. So I, um, it's hard for me to just try to fly in and out on the weekends. Um, but I've been to all the West Coast. I am going to go to Minnesota next weekend. Nice. And then um, definitely, what is it, Vegas. We'll see if I fit in another one. But it's just, you know, working all week and then having a late flight Friday, coming home early Sunday. It's, it takes a lot, um, sure. a toll on myself. And, um, yeah, got to be a big girl. Yeah, right. Somebody's got an adult. Well, somebody's got I do, I do wonder how so many like chicks can make it to the races and it blows my mind i don't get it I, i'm jealous i'm envious right. that i i can't do it well I, I obviously at the factory level there's a lot more money involved and that's probably how now at the at the privateer level that adam and tyler are at yeah it's got to be very expensive and there, a lot of that money's coming out of their own pockets or their sponsors so i'm sure it's almost impossible um which I was gonna, you know, I was gonna. We're we're talking about Adam's personality, and and Steve Mathis with Pulp MX has been a big supporter of Adam, and really brought Adam into the mainstream where people know where he is, who he is, and of course Adam's personality is why so many people love him. And you're right, I met him two years ago for the first time at Dallas, and you know he came up and gave me a hug like he does everybody, and I think that's a good thing because that's why people love him. You know the fact that he will stop wrenching on his bike to pay attention to the fans. That's that's that makes those people's day. The people that pay their money to go to the races when they get to meet Adam and he treats them like they're his favorite fan. Those people will never forget that moment. Absolutely. And it's nice because they now feel like they have a connection with him as well. It's not just a rider on the bike on the track. Yep. Like they have that one-on-one interaction, even if that's, you know, saying hi from afar, taking a picture or an autograph, like they feel like they can maybe relate to him a little more. Sure. So. Yeah. And he, and like I said, we, we started doing this show a little over a year ago. It, uh, well, about a year and a half ago. So this year really is technically our first year as quote unquote media. Yeah. The first year we were just jacking around. Right. Less. But you know, we've got, we've had Tyler on a couple of times and we know Adam is pulp, pulp only. So, but he always talks to us in the pits and, I, I felt very fortunate that when I went to St. Louis, uh, they were there Friday, Tyler and Adam, and I was there Friday helping set up, TPJ set up. And I got about a 20 or 30-minute time period where I got to sit down with Tyler and Adam and just, they, I mean, they treated me like I was one of their buddies and we just talked. And I, I'll tell you that Adam and Tyler both had amazing things to say about you because I asked, I was like, you know, how how is it? having a relationship with somebody that can't be with you when you're gone all the time. And man, uh, Adam, I'm not going to say the things Adam said, but he, he very clearly loves you. And it was really cool to see that real side of him. 
Well, I love hearing that. I'm curious what he said, but... Um... Well, it was all very, very nice. He just said how awesome you were. And, and... Well, yeah, you hear him on the Pulp Show, and yeah. he, he's... Uh, you know, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yes, I've heard those, those comments and conversations. <laughs> I'm all for it. So did you... Did you uh, let's, tell me what conversation you're speaking of specifically. Maybe I'll interject. Oh, I mean, I guess maybe probably the most recent one were towards the end when Kiefer got on and they were, um, <laughs> that, yeah. Just, oh, they're, they're so funny about it. Um, but he, he is so sweet to hear him speak about me and he's just so loving and respectful. So, yeah. Well, I, uh, that was kind of how I got that conversation going. Cause I asked him, I said, well, how do you feel about Kiefer calling you out like that? And he very, very clearly with his response loves you. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, it's nice that I have so many people supporting our relationship and wanting us to take it to the next level because um, it's nice to give him that little bit of pressure and push that, <laughs> he, you know, he's doing the right thing. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, so with Adam's motocross career, that's pretty much what we're, we're talking about tonight, uh, or supercross, not so much motocross. But anyway, like when you're at the races and like last year, Tyler and Adam both had some pretty big injuries there at Vegas how how do you react when that happens? You know, obviously you're probably scared, but then during the recovery, you know, while he's in the hospital and recovery time, what is your part in that? How do you, what is your role? How do you act? Oh, well, I mean, you never want to see someone go down like that. And I, it's just devastating to see. I mean, you don't like to see anyone hurt, but I think what, what makes it so hard is like, um, we know, typically you're going to recover it from it. You're going to be able to come back and bounce back and, you know, get back on the bike. But it's so hard to see how much time, work, blood, sweat, and tears they put into this sport um, for it to be taken away from you, you know, at any second. And um, it's, it's just super frustrating, especially, I mean, luckily Adam, you know, last year made it to the last round, the last main event, the right. last, last lap. But, um what was, I guess, relieving about that is, like, it, it was coming into kind of, like, his off-season to where he could really just focus on recovering and um, doing what he needs to do to get back on the bike. But um, it, it's tough. I've been through a lot between the two of them. Um, it's emotionally, you know, draining, but I, I've seen nothing but, you know, them getting better and coming back stronger. So... I don't know. It's, I'm just so thankful that it's been, you know, a good year so far, knock on wood. But right. um, they, I just, they put, you know, this book to every writer, but you just put so much of your life into this to see it possibly taken away. And you have that long time of recovery that just makes it really hard. Yeah. But um, we get through each one and come back stronger. So. Yeah. My, I have a, a question and we've asked everybody this, that, you know, He's got a lot of fans. He's got a lot of people around him. He's a popular guy that tends to bring out what some would call track snacks, you know, those type of females. How do you deal with that? Or do you, I mean, obviously I don't think you're worried about it. Adam's a legit guy and he's, he's very, very, uh, intent, you know, with his relationship with you and committed, but does it get bothersome? Cause I'm sure he, I'm sure that there's, you know, you may have, there's been at least one or two that may have tried to, be inappropriate, slid into that DM, whatever you want to call it. How yeah. You... Yeah. So what's funny about the track snack is I just recently like heard of that term and I died. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. I love it. Um, 
honestly, we just have so much trust in our relationship. I know this sounds crazy, but I just never doubt any moment. Um, he hasn't given me a reason to think otherwise. But I know he'll kind of mention sometimes that, like, people slide into his DM. I'm like, and of course they use, like, Drake as, like, a segue to, like, get his attention. Um, <laughs> same thing with Tyler. Oh, my gosh. But anyways, that's another story. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not concerned about it, honestly. So, yeah. That's good. That's, yeah, it's good to have, because, yeah, otherwise, it'd be, it'd be very difficult to have a relationship where where one person is gone all the time if you didn't have that trust. I've got a buddy that is a professional musician and he he's actually Madonna's guitar player and he goes on the road sometimes for two years, you know, a year and a half. He's got a wife and four kids and I don't know how they do that. Yeah. Like I am so thankful that it's just not an issue in our relationship because like you said, there almost would be no way that it would probably work out if that was a strain or, sure. you know, if I well, yeah, I just what, what I re- my original intent with the question, was, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, was does it does it bother you that they that they do that, or or are they very, you know, forth too much, too overbearing or too over the top with it? Really is what I meant. I know Adam, you know, just from the little I know him, I don't think like oh, he'd be okay, that dude. Gotcha. You know, I'm not asking in that realm. I meant, is it does it bother you to have to deal with any of them being around and trying to get his attention? Basically, you know. Honestly, I don't really see it that often so uh, either he does a good job of kind of keeping it out of sight out of mind for me or i'm i'm just not paying enough attention to even notice if that's really happening around me but um yeah either way it's really not an issue so right yeah no worries so um well first of all i, I think Brittany chisholm who i we had on last year she I, she's the first one i ever heard use that uh terminology and she told us a story where she actually called the person out on Twitter, she had a lady that was, or a chick that was pretty much told Brittany, I'm going to fuck your husband this weekend. Oh, oh, sorry about the language. And like that blew us away. We talked about that last year that these that people are so bold. And that, that's what, that was my reason for the questioning. How do you deal with that? If if that comes about, like how, how would you handle that? Or would you just ignore the person as, as to be the idiot that they are, you know? I don't even know. I mean, Brittany's so gnarly. I love her. She's yeah. the best personality. But um, I don't know. I, I think Brittany put her on blast, which is wonderful. But I don't know if that would be my style. Um, I don't even know if I would give that person the attention. It just depends on the situation. But um, I don't think I would probably feed into it too much. Maybe probably I would best. address it on a private level. I really don't know because I haven't been put in that situation. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not one of those crazy bitches so um you won't see too much for me right right well let's change gears just a little bit before we wrap this up so you you've been with adam how many years have you been with adam um coming up on four years four years okay awesome so what about supercross at the professional level would you like to see changed i mean i I know you're not involved at every race but you you kind of know how the program works is there anything you would like to see that would help out with especially with privateers? Uh, um, that's a good question. I honestly probably haven't given it too much thought. I think, I mean, just I am still, I guess, kind of somewhat naive to, like, the sport and everything just because sure. I don't get involved at that level. But from my perspective, like, it's, it's just a different sport, which isn't a bad thing, but, like, 
you know, my example would be like, you know, if you're playing basketball, everyone's playing with the same basketball. Like it's, it's really hard when, I mean, and these factory guys have earned that role in that position and that sponsorship and that support, but it's, you know, that really also sets them apart too. Like, Absolutely. You know, their, their bikes are faster. They've got like um, the suspension guys, they, they do testing, they have trainers, they have coaching, they, they just, they have it all, which is absolutely wonderful. And, you know, they earn that, but um, until, you know, other guys get to that level, they don't get those privileges. And so it's just, I think that's what separates the two. And I, um, it's, you know, it seems really hard to cross over into that, you know, to that next level. But so I, I wish um, that, you know, everyone maybe not like this is realistic, but have like similar bikes to a sure. certain extent. Or let's like, let's look at true talent, not just because someone has a faster bike. And don't get me wrong. These guys at that level are amazing. They're incredible. But it would be nice to see how different they would be if like they were riding the same bike or, you know. More um, even playing field. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I understand. I, I I don't think that's unrealistic as far as like something that to to wish for, because you're right. I mean, somebody like Adam who is amazingly talented, but he has to probably book his own flights. He has to get to the races. Yes, I mean, I'm watching him set up his own pits. Tyler's wrenching on his bike. You know, these other guys just fly in. They they do their testing during the week. They fly in, and and then the equipment level is quite a bit higher. I I completely get where you're going coming from, and that was a good answer. Yeah, and, yeah, to your point, like, um, you know, Adam, you know, whatever money he makes on the weekends, he literally has to put back into yep. racing, and that just goes towards his next, getting into the next race. Like, he pays for his own flights. He has to fund his own hotels, a rental car. I mean, he has some, you know, people that back him that can sure. sometimes, like, help him out a little bit. But for the most part, like, he is doing that all on his own, as a lot of guys are. But, um yeah, and during the week, he has to prep his own track. He has to water at night. Like, it's all on him, and it's a it's an 80-hour-a-week job for him, and he he loves it so much that he's putting in the work, but he doesn't get, like, the downtime and the rest and, um, you know, some of the things that the other guys get. But that's the sport, and, yeah. Well, yeah, that, that was a good answer. And, I, and I, like I said, I know you're not – at every race, but I mean, you've been long around long enough to, to, that was a good answer. That, well, I appreciate your opinion. Yeah. Like I, I really don't, I mean, I don't get too in depth with everything. Right. On the side and just, um, like I said, this was a newer sport to me in a newer world. So yeah. I'm still learning as we go. Well, Ashley, we know we know you're a busy lady. We won't take too, any more of your time, but hey, we're glad you're in this world now. Glad you're you're you know you and Adam oh, are doing good, and uh, and thank you so much for your time tonight. It was interesting. I know we kind of dove into some weird questions, and that's just what we do here. So, but hey, we're huge fans of Adam and Tyler, and uh, now we're huge fans of you. And th- thank you, thanks again for your time. We appreciate it. Yeah. Well. Thanks for having me on. This was fun, and hopefully we can do it again. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Thanks, Ash. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. See you later, Ashley. Ash money, player. Yeah. 
Well, that, uh, she's cool, man. Absolutely. I like her. Well, she'd have to be cool. She'd be... have to, yeah. I'm sure she has to have a good personality, right. be, you know, get, a sense of humor to deal with Adam all the time. Absolutely. He's balls of the wall. But uh, that was a cool show tonight, Dark Side. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, it's cool. At uh, different perspective of all that. Again, we want to thank. Uh, Chad Mayo over at Five Star Roofing of Texas for coming on board and sponsoring this little show. And, of course, we want to thank all of our sponsors, MX Girl Design, Shard. Thanks again. Thanks for the awesome graphics you just made me. And uh, All Sport Dynamics, Jeff Brewer. Hey, Jeff, you're rad, man. We appreciate it. Shan Garcia at Shock Socks. Thanks again. That's so cool. What you got? Patreon. Patreon.com. Sign up for Patreon, damn it. We need uh, – if you if you donate 50 cents a month, a dollar a month, $10 a month, well, $100 a month would be great. Yeah, it uh, would. Whatever. It all goes back into the show. We're not taking any of this for personal use. We've got expenses to do this and equipment, you know, SoundCloud, iTunes, all that shit costs money. And uh, getting to some of the races that getting we Getting to some of the races, yep. you know, buying, you know, again, buying more equipment, doing things, stickers, all that crap. And, uh, hey, I mean, if you can donate, we appreciate it. Patreon.com, search out Moto X Pod Show easy deal donate it comes out once a month it's not a big deal and i mean a dollar's great we appreciate anything you're willing to give and if you can't donate thank you for listening anyways we Absolutely. appreciate that just as much and all you guys are special to us and thank and there's more of you coming all the time and, and keep it coming tell your friends tell your people anybody you could tell dark side muscle mark in the house dj tj back next week moto x pod show see ya see ya